Welcome to the Heart for the World Church Sermon Podcast. It is our desire that you will be greatly encouraged as Pastor Dale Walker and others bring a fresh word from God directly to your heart. Be blessed. Well, I'm excited to share the word with you. If you see in your sermon notes, we're beginning this new series called Close Encounters of the Most Amazing Kind. Uh, some of you might remember when I was a little kid, there was a, a movie called Close Encounters of the Third Kind about aliens. This is not what this series is about. In fact, I heard there was one called Shark Encounters. We're not talking about that either. What we're talking about is something very specific. We're talking about God visiting our hearts in ways that change everything. If I could give you this one word, it's so much on my heart. God longs to be experienced, not just explained. God wants to show up in our hearts. If you read the gospel stories, they are not a bunch of lectures. They are stories of encounters, 35 miracles. They're stories where Jesus walks into someone's life and everything changes. Anybody have one of those kind of stories? Amen, I know you do. I was moved at Easter time as I read about the Easter story, the fact that Jesus didn't just rise up, but then he showed up in people for the next several days. 11 different times, suddenly he shows up. First with Mary, brokenhearted Mary. He doesn't just let her know that he's alive. He knows that she needs to be healed. How many know the Bible says in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Can I tell you, when you hurt the most, God's the closest. And and he heals Mary by his presence. Then he shows up at doubting Thomas's house. How many know he could have just said, you doubter, get get your act together. But instead he says, no, look. Put your hands right here. Touch my wounds. I want to show you that I'm real. How many know when God shows up, he takes veils? I love C.S. Lewis' testimony in this book, Surprised by Joy. He was an atheist, an Oxford professor, and he had all these questions. He said, but one day, and I love how he said, he says, I went with my brother to the zoo When I went to the zoo, I was an atheist. And when I came home, I knew everything Jesus said was true. (laughs) And he says, I I don't even understand it, but the lights went on. God opened my eyes. Then he goes to Peter. Defeated, failure, Peter. And he says, let's go fishing. He is the God who shows up. And we want to look at how that happens. You know, when we started Hartford, I felt God said, this is going to be a church where you don't just explain God, but people can experience God. They, they, they are touched by him. I remember when I was a, a, just a teenager before I understood, I went to religion, I went to, to church, but often it was like listening to a lecture. And then I went into this meeting. This lady, Catherine Kuhlman, was having a healing. And they start the service and they sing this song. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. 
Oh, the joy that fills my soul. I won't keep singing or you won't have an encounter. <laughs> but all of a sudden, all around me, people started jumping up and said, I'm healed. I'm healed. I realized, oh, God is here. That's what church is supposed to be. He's speaking. I hope when you go home today, it's not like, how was church? Oh, it was good. No, it was God spoke to me. So how many know when you read the Bible, God doesn't just want you to say, oh, that was an interesting. God wants to talk to you. <laughs> I don't know why I have this picture of, of kind of getting a marriage license. Kind of, wouldn't it be weird if someone went, got a marriage license and they, they just said, oh, a marriage license. Oh, this is so great. But no, get married. <laughs> this is to lead you to a relationship. This is, how many know that's the way in worship? Sometimes we worship, but it's just singing to God. And then there's times where we go through the veil into the holy of holies. We're singing with God. Robert Morris talked about a vision he had in his church where people were worshiping and Jesus all of a sudden walked down the aisles and he goes up to hug people and some people are just hugging him. And other people, he goes up and, and they go, whoa, get away, I'm at church. <laughs> God wants you to experience his touch. You know, I think of those beautiful Videos where the soldier comes back for the kid's birthday or something. How many know letters are good, but when someone visits you in person, it's better? Hearing about God is good, but having God show up is amazing. And Misa shared last week how you can be around God, but not with God. <laughs> Jacob one time said, surely the Lord was in this place. I didn't even know it. But God wants us to, to wake up. In fact, I, I put a number of examples of how maybe this week God wants to encounter you. I put in your notes, you were made for encounters with God. Can I tell you why tomorrow is going to be awesome for you? God has encounters in store. <laughs> You're not going to just live the rest of your life. God's going to show up in your life in amazing ways. You know, I, I like what someone said, revival. We pray for revival, someone said, is when God is tired of being misrepresented by his church, so he decides to show up and represent himself. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good today? I remember it happened when I was just a young pastor at a high school in El Paso. Uh, I get this phone call in the morning, and this young student says, Pastor, could you please come down here? I don't know what to do. I said, what happened? He says, well, we just some Christians gathered before school to pray. And then the Holy Spirit fell. Everybody started speaking in tongues. People started falling. And when the bell rang, nobody left. And finally, we, they dragged us to class. But this one girl, Melissa, she couldn't move. She was just in the spirit. And they took her to the nurse's office. And she's in there wrapped in a blanket. And her dad is on the way to school. And he's mad. Could you please come help? <laughs> and sure enough, I get there. And here's this sweet girl. She's all there. And she says, hallelujah, I love you, Jesus. I said, oh, Melissa, it's so good. She said, oh, Jesus, hallelujah. I said, it's okay now. Let's be calm. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I said, uh, you're going to get us in a lot of trouble. Glory to God, hallelujah. You know, and, and she was just so full of the Holy Spirit. 
And, and her dad comes in. I said, this is going to quiet. Instead, she just goes, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And her dad just tells me, what did you do to my girl? And he picks her up and he carries her. And the Holy Spirit says, just go with him. Go with him. And, and puts her in the back of this pickup. The Lord says, get in the pickup with her. And I'm sitting there. And she's back there. And all of a sudden, she gets calm. And I said, now you calm down. Wow. But, uh, but then the Lord gives me the Lord said, did you know that everything that she's going through is in the Bible? He said, really? Yeah, she's not just freaking out. But people like freaked out in the Bible just like that. <laughs> he said, really? And it turned out he was a Buddhist. And he was very interested. In fact, when I got to their house, he said, you got to come in and tell my wife, hey, what's happened to her is in the Bible. And it was so amazing by the time that was over, both of them accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. You know, that, some people think that's just weird. No, that's just normal. How many know what's weird in the Christian life is people going to church being bored, going through religion, that's not normal. When you, when you know Jesus is alive, the Spirit is here, when God is on the move, I mean, normal should be signs and wonders and power and healing and victory. That's the normal I'm going for. And God, I believe in this season, as we take this month to talk about the Holy Spirit, He's saying, I don't want you to be satisfied with an old normal. I want you to be hungry. Can I tell you, God wants us to have a passion for his presence. He wants us to be like Moses who said, the Lord said, hey, I'll send an angel. He said, no, Lord, if you don't go with me, I don't want to go from this place. How many know God just loves it when people's hearts are, Lord, I want you. Lord, I, I, I need you to show up in my family. God, only you can take our family to what I dreamed it could be. Lord, we're not satisfied with discipline. We want revival. We want your presence, Lord, to show up. The other day, I, I go home, and Sharon's been listening to this Maverick City worship song for about three hours. <laughs> She's just in the spirit I say, awesome, Lord. How I many you know it's good when you cook dinner? It's better when the Holy Spirit shows up. Just while you're cooking dinner. He is here. And sometimes, especially over the years, what was once fire has become just coals, has become smoldering embers. What once was so alive in us has sort of become like yesterday's manna. Yes, I, I know that God's real, Holy Spirit, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not on fire. And I believe in this season, God says, I'll breathe on you again. I'll renew you again. I'll visit you again. Anybody here want a revisitation of the Holy Spirit? I, I'd love for you to be filled with my glory. Why don't you hunger for me? Why don't you ask me? So we're going to look at, at some of these today. Maybe you're going to have a, an encounter of comfort where your broken heart is healed. Or you, you're going to have a vision. You're going to have a word of faith. 
you're going to have a sense of power. The Lord told me, and I speak this over us today, God was just showing me these torches that he was going to put. I said, what are those? Those are fresh anointings. I'm going to put in someone's heart a fresh anointing to do what they were made for, to take it to their high school, to take it to their work. You know, how many know we can be talented, but, but talent doesn't change people's lives. It takes the Holy Spirit anointing us. You can be a great teacher, but when the Spirit anoints you, your students change. So you can be a great business, but when the Spirit anoints your business, it becomes a great instrument for God in the city. And he wants us to expect something more today. And so today I want to talk about the kind of encounter, I call it an encounter of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And, and in the next few weeks, we'll talk about other encounters, prophetic encounters, and other kinds. But Jesus, we were talking about Easter, but Jesus, when he goes into heaven, he says something so profound. Jesus basically bets the farm. He completely sets the proposition that his ministry will go to the ends of the earth based on one thing, that these disciples, this ragtag group of guys would experience something, the power of the Holy Spirit. How many know if you would have just looked at them in the natural after the resurrection, you'd say, I don't think these are the right guys. <laughs> I mean, the, the head disciple denied he ever knew Jesus. The treasurer committed suicide. That was bad. The others didn't even go to the tomb to see if Jesus was alive. Thomas said it didn't happen. Can I just be honest? They were a mess. And yet Jesus is going to leave his entire legacy based on one thought. That in a few days, the Holy Spirit would fill them. Look at this verse in Acts 1.8. He says to them, but you will receive power. Somebody say power. Now say it like a Pentecostal. Power! <laughs> And you will be my witnesses. Telling people about Jesus everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And they did. And the whole world here 2,000 years later was changed. That's how important this is. Now I want to look at this encounter of the Holy Spirit from an Old Testament story. Just because I think it... It speaks prophetically to something today. And it's in 1 Samuel 10, and it's the story of this average citizen named Saul who receives an impartation of the Holy Spirit. A little bit of the backstory: Saul, the son of Kish, was just a farmer. He doesn't know anything's going to happen. He's out looking for his donkey that ran away. And uh, he doesn't know it, but Samuel the prophet has a word that he's supposed to anoint Saul to be the next king of Israel. How many know with God all things are possible? One day you're chasing a donkey, tomorrow you're the king of Israel. And, and Saul doesn't have a clue. He's just a, a normal guy. And, and they're out there and they, 
His servant says, well, we can't find the donkey. Hey, there's the prophet's house. Why don't we go ask the prophet? Maybe the prophet will get a prophetic word about where's my donkey. So Saul goes into Samuel's house. And Samuel, boy, he says, I'm going to anoint you. Let's just read this, 1 Samuel 10. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it over Saul's head. He kissed Saul and said, I am doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be the ruler over Israel, his special possession. And when you leave me today, you will see two men beside Rachel's tomb in Zelzah at the border of Benjamin. They will tell you that the donkeys have been found and that your father stopped worrying about them and is now worried about you. And he's asking, have you seen my son? We're going to learn about the prophetic because before Samuel, there was no prophetic word hardly at all. And because of that, there were no miracles. But as soon as the prophetic was released, miracles start happening everywhere. How many know some of you are called to prophesy? Amen. And so he's giving him this prophetic word. And he says, you will meet these three coming towards you on their way to worship God at Bethel. One will be bringing three young goats and another will have three loaves of bread and the third will be carrying a wine skin full of wine. They will greet you and offer you two of the loaves which you are to accept. And when you arrive at Gibeah of God where the garrison of the Philistines is located, you will meet a band of prophets coming down from the place of worship. I mean, prophets in the Old Testament, there was hundreds of these prophetic choirs they would just worship, and that's how the Spirit would move. And, and they will be playing a harp and a tambourine, a flute and a lyre, and they will be prophesying. And at that time, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. Hallelujah. How many know when the Spirit comes upon you, you're changed? Saul is this just so ordinary guy. All of a sudden, we'll see he starts prophesying. Then he gets this anointing of king, and he raises up an army and goes defeats the Ammonites. He's completely different. In fact, it's kind of humorous if you read it because it goes on to say, have you guys heard? There's a rumor out there that Saul is now among the prophets. Like, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. It's almost like hearing Pastor Dale just got, you know, recruited by the Dallas Cowboys to play football. I mean, it's like, are you kidding? No way. This can't be. Saul is the most average person. It can't be. But how many know when the Spirit of God comes on you, you aren't just you anymore. You are the anointed servant of God. You are able to start to fulfill your destiny. You are not just you on steroids. You are you with the Spirit of God. God flowing through you, moving you, using you like you've never seen before. And that's going to happen to some of you today in Jesus' name. What I want you to see is that the anointing of God makes you different. When Peter, on the day of Pentecost, is suddenly filled, he goes from the denier of Jesus to the declarer of Jesus, and 3,000 people get saved. Everything changes about these, these 11 men. They have become ignited. What I want you to see is that there are anointings for you today. There are things you're supposed to do. And those in many of you lie dormant. It could be someone here, you're, you know, you're supposed to, 
You're supposed to do a mission for God. You're to write a book for God. You're a musician for God. You're a teacher. You're an evangelist. You're supposed to have prophecies. You're supposed to be someone who dreams and sees things that are still to come. You're supposed to be someone who serves and puts together out. I don't know. There's any number of ways. And when the Spirit comes on you, even though you feel so inadequate, you will find a power to do what you never thought you could do. When God filled me with the Holy Spirit the first time, you, you can't imagine how shy I was. And the Lord says, Dale, you're gonna preach my word. I said, please, just kill me, Lord. I don't wanna preach. Please, no, I begged God. Because I was so weak. And I remember just shortly after, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm walking through this park in El Paso, and the Lord just moves in my heart. There's a bunch of guys smoking marijuana and drinking beer. And the Holy Spirit just said, this is your time. I said, you're kidding me. <laughs> and, and he just said, if you walk over there, I will change lives. And, I, you know, so I'm just over there. I'm trembling. I'm shaking. I open my mouth. I say, hi, everybody. I sound like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and then suddenly the Spirit of God comes on me. And I said, hey, wait a second. God told me to talk to you guys. Jesus loves you. And I just began to, to speak. And like a bunch of them ran away. One guy threw a beer, a beer can at me. And I just took it as anointing, whatever it was. <laughs> and before you know it, there were people kneeling to receive the Lord. And when I walked away, it was like, who was that masked man? I mean, who was that? That wasn't me. But suddenly, I had the Holy Spirit. And some of you today, God's telling you, you have not seen the version of you that you're about to see. As he ignites you, things you never thought possible will become possible when God fills you, he changes you. Can I tell people, I tell people, God doesn't change us by fixing us. He changes us by filling us. You see, being free, freedom is not the absence of struggles. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know, it, it's not like one day, oh, I don't have any more temptations. Never going to happen. <laughs> it's not like one day you say, I have no flaws. No, the Bible calls us earthen vessels. I, I like to say crackpots. That's what he calls us. We got cracks, we got edges, we got all kinds of stuff. But when the Holy Spirit fills you, he motivates you with love, with grace, with self-control, things that you could never quit doing. Suddenly, you don't even desire that anymore. Because you have something in you that's greater and more powerful. I use this illustration uh, of a cup, you know. What if the question today was, how do I get the oxygen out of this cup? You know, you can try different things. You could try to suck it out. You could rebuke it, oxygen, get out. You could do a lot of things, but guess what? There's still oxygen. That's just kind of like your old sinful nature, right? Stop. Stop, oxygen, stop. No, that's not going to work. But what if you could be filled? What if your depression was filled with joy? What if your 
your addiction was filled with self-control? What if your despair was filled with hope? That's what he does. Guess what? There's no more oxygen in there because the, the water. I liked what Nicky Gumbel in the Alpha Course, he talks about this guy who didn't want to become a Christian because he was too embarrassed. And he said, man, if I become a Christian, I got to witness and tell people. And his friend said, no, you don't have to do that to be a Christian. Just accept Jesus. And he walks into his house and it's filled with a bunch of people downstairs. And he goes up in his room. He says, he gets by his bed. He just says, God, okay. My friend says, I don't have to tell anyone. So I'm not gonna, but I am asking you, Jesus, come into my heart. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, he just felt God's love come. He's so excited. He gets up and he runs downstairs and he says, Hey, everybody, you can be saved and filled with the Spirit. You don't even have to tell anybody. <laughs> you see, he couldn't help it. Because now the Spirit of the Lord had put passion in him. That wasn't him. Today, some of you are struggling because there's things in your life. I'll never be strong enough. How can I fix this? No. It's not you. It's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. Just You're like a sailboat. How do I get this boat running? Oh, no, just put up your sail. Spirit of God will lead you. The Bible says in Galatians 5.16, if you're led by the Spirit, you won't keep fulfilling the lust of your flesh. You'll live a different life. There's one other thing, though, and I want us to go back and read verses uh, 20 through 23. This is very interesting, because after this experience, Samuel invites all of the nation to come to pick the new king. And so all the tribes are there, and they have this big ceremony to have a, a crowning ceremony. Let's, let's read that. Do we have that? 1 Samuel 10, 20. So Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel before the Lord, and the tribe of Benjamin was chosen by Lot. They kind of like, you know, pick straws or whatever. It's like, which one is the king? You know, God show us. And so they brought each family of the tribe of Benjamin finally before the Lord, and then it was the family of the Mitrites. And all of it kind of boiled down finally to Saul, son of Kish. God showed everybody that he had chosen Saul from among them. But when they looked for him, he had disappeared. So they asked the Lord, where is he? And the Lord replied, he is hiding among the baggage. So they found him and brought him out. And he stood head and shoulders above anyone else. And this is the word the Lord gave me today. Come out of your baggage into your anointing. <laughs> and this is the whole idea. We're about to have this encounter retreat, and that's what an encounter retreat is. But what I want you to see is that Saul has, I mean, he has this sort of runaway bride moment. Me, the king, ah! This freaks out. Because he's aware of the issues in his life. And he feels so unqualified. Anyone ever feel that way? There's no way, God, you could use me. I'm a mess. Because God doesn't choose you because you're qualified. As we say, God doesn't choose the qualified. He qualifies the chosen. He, he chooses you because he, he loves you. He has a plan for you. 
But all of a sudden, Saul begins to be aware of all of his insecurities. And he hides in the bag. Isn't that a picture of many Christians today? Yeah, I know God could use me, but I got a lot of baggage. There, there's, there's fear. There's insecurity. There's just stuff going on. And in your notes, I just mentioned five things that coming out of your baggage means. Number one, it means confronting our past. You know, when I was first saved, before I was anointed in the Holy Spirit, I, I had these struggles with sin, and I didn't want to tell anybody about it. I didn't want people to know. You know, I could really relate to that movie in Canto. Don't talk, we don't talk about Bruno. All right, we don't talk about that. We got stuff in our, our, our walls. We got stuff in our past. Maybe if we just don't talk. But the fact is, Bruno is wrecking your house, all right? And you know, when Jesus would come and call people into the anointing, he would not come and, and condemn them, but he would come and say, look, there's some stuff in the way. He would come to this woman by the well in John 4, and he would say, if you will drink the water I have, you will have a river inside of you. Oh, she says, please, let me have this. And he says, yes, go call your husband. Uh, well, had five of them living with a guy that's not exactly my husband. Jesus just says, okay, let's just face that right now because you're going to get filled, but not if you hold on to secrets. Matthew, come, leave your tax table where you're cheating everybody. Come out of that baggage, dude. Hey, you know, Peter, drop your nets. Come out wherever you are. Even the story Misa told last week, the woman with the alabaster vase that had perfume worth a year's worth. Many think she had been a prostitute, and that was part of her accessories and her old job, and, and, and she had to break it. Just come and smash that part of your life. Do you really want to be filled with God? It means you get to be emptied of you. See, someone said, how do I get more of the Holy Spirit? The issue is not getting more of the Holy Spirit. The issue is... Will you let the Holy Spirit get more of you? Will, you? will you say, Lord, I really, really ready to say, Lord, what you want? Again, that famous uh, C.S. Lewis story, I thought it was so good in The Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe when Lucy asked Beaver, they're talking about Aslan, and, and, and Lucy asked, is Aslan, you know, which represented Jesus the lion, is he safe? And, and the beaver says, no, he's not safe, but he's good. How many know Jesus didn't come to make your life safe, but he came to make your life good? And sometimes that's going to be wrecking some things that you have figured out. We got this all under control. We got my comfort zone. We got the secrets all kept. And God says, yeah, but I'm about to wreck all of that because I'm going to rebuild your life the way I want to. And when I do, you are going to be so thankful because the house that you built is built on a sand and it's all coming down someday. But if you come and give it all to me, I'm going to build you a house. I just feel there's some people here. I've known people this way all my life. There was such an anointing God had for their life. 
I just knew they were just a step away. That the Spirit of the Lord had called them. They were going to be the witnesses for their generation. They were going to be the family changer. They were going to be the one who stood up in their schools and their work. They were going to change history. But I saw them and they were timid and they said, I don't know if I can come out of my baggage. I just feel a little bit safer right here. And Jesus says, come on. It's time to come out of your baggage and then come into your anointing because I've called you to be my servant, my anointed man and woman of God. Sometimes that's exposing our secrets. That's releasing our fears and doubts. It's, it's sometimes our, our possessions, our ambitions. You know, there was this image that I had of myself. I didn't want my reputation to be damaged. I didn't want to become one of those Jesus crazies. I wanted to, people to think I was like this. You know what I'm talking about? And we just want to hold on to that. Sometimes it's our possessions. Well, what if I have to give stuff away? Sometimes it's our dream. How many know many times God says, take Isaac to the altar? No, but that's my dream. I know, but it's not my dream for your life. Well, God, I want, I want it both ways. I want the anointing. I want the world. I want to be on the throne of my life. But he says, no. But if you will come and lay it down, I will fill you. 2 Corinthians 6, 16 says it this way. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? You can't be the temple of God and have idols. It just will never work. There can't be two competing forces in your life. Ego and Holy Spirit don't coexist. How can there be that compromise? For we are the temple of the living God, and God has said, I will live with them. I will walk among them. I will be their God. They will be my people. Therefore, come out from them. Separate yourself. If you will separate yourself for God, he will fill your life. And some people say, well, I don't know how to get rid of all that baggage. No, Jesus already took care of your baggage. You just have to agree. Jesus doesn't say, go fix you. He just says, go and recognize that on the cross, I took your issues. I nailed them to the cross. I forgave your sins. In fact, you were crucified with Christ. It's not even you that lives. It's Christ, that old self, that old baggage. He took it to the cross. You just have to agree with it. It's finished. It's finished. How many know Jesus is the greatest baggage handler the world has ever seen? He'll take it, but you just have to say, yes, Jesus. You can't fix you, but you can let Jesus take you, and he can break those strongholds. And then he just wants you to ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit, and not just once. How many know we say there's one baptisms, but there are many fillings. There's not a day that goes by that the Spirit of God doesn't have an area of your life where he wants to fill some more. And he just waits for you to say, Lord, fill me. 
Lord, I, I could try to handle this, but I know the result. I, but fill me, Holy Spirit. He wants us to cry out to him. Someone said, how do you get filled? Well, you ask. And then I love how Saul did it. He, he worshiped. He prophesied. You know what prophecy is? Is praising God about his promises in your life. It's worship. As you worship God, as you live a life of worship, the Spirit of God will fill you in fresh and new ways. And Jesus makes this wonderful promise. As I said, when he ascended to heaven, he broke a ceiling. Before the ascension of Jesus, the filling of the Holy Spirit was for special people, special places at special times. But when Jesus ascended to heaven, he changed everything. I said, he opened the spout where the glory comes out. He said, there is not going to be limited people. There is not going to just be these prophets over here. It is going to be my spirit available to anyone, everyone, all the time, everywhere. Look at this in Acts 2, 17 and 18. I love this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Somebody say all. all. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Go, go home and tell your kids, you get ready, you're going to prophesy, son. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. You know what he's saying? There's no limitations He's saying all people, all races, all nationalities, all ethnic groups, it doesn't matter male or female, young or old, you know, social classes, it doesn't matter. You can be a servant. You can be noble. You can be a, a white collar. You can be blue collar. You can be no collar. It doesn't matter where you're from, where you were born, what your language, what's your issue. I will pour my spirit on all flesh. All flesh. He has unlimited resources for unlimited numbers of people everywhere, for all people, for all time, he has poured out his spirit for you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come, and I just want us to pray. Holy Spirit, we need you. Can you just say, I need you, Holy Spirit. I don't want to do life without you. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. Today, Lord, I pray that you will help us come out of our baggage and into our anointing to surrender to you, to say yes to you, to make room for you, to dare to believe the impossible, that our old self with all its baggage and issues was nailed to a cross. The person we've been is not the person we have to be. It's not going to just be us anymore. For Christ died and rose again. And just in your heart right now, I believe somebody is making the most important exchange. With every head bowed and eyes closed, the Bible says, if you will believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord. You'll be saved. 
If you live today without the assurance, am I really a Christian? Would I really go to heaven? This is for you. It's your decision to ask and invite Jesus to have your heart today. You just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I surrender to you. I believe you died on the cross. You rose again from the dead. And I ask you to be the leader of my life. Here I am, Lord. Show me how to be your follower. Now, Jesus, we're going to ask your Holy Spirit to fill us. Would you stand? Let's just sing a little bit of this chorus before we go. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're all in Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free. My shame is undone In your presence, Lord Holy Spirit, you are welcome here Come flood this place and fill the
be a step of faith for some. As if you were to say, Lord, today I'm, I'm coming out from my baggage and I'm coming into my anointing. And I'm going to just invite you, some of you, to just step down here to the front, join me. As we just stand before the Lord in worship, we're saying, Lord, I, I feel like you're telling me to come out from my baggage and to present my whole self to you and that you will fill me. Just Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we come to you. We wait upon you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Over time, Holy Spirit. Say it one more time. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the How do you encounter me today, Holy Spirit? Do you have comfort for me? Do you have a healing? Do you have a miracle, Holy Spirit? Whatever you have for me, Holy Spirit, I say yes. I say yes to a fresh anointing. Yes to faith. I just see those torches. The Lord's putting on someone right now. Yes, Lord, to a gift of intercession. Yes, Lord to a new anointing, yes, Lord, to seeing your presence, oh God, in my business at a whole nother level. Yes, Holy Spirit, to forgiving someone where I've been hurt for so long. Yes, Holy Spirit, to a new challenge, to live for you without compromise. Yes, Holy Spirit, to whatever you're saying, I say yes, Holy Spirit. And just tell me, just if we wouldn't mind praying for someone, maybe you're here, wherever you are, you could just put your hand on somebody's shoulder and just pray. Lord, I pray, I bless my friend. I pray, Holy Spirit, for their life. I pray they will experience you in a fresh way. Come, Holy Spirit, upon them as they consecrate to you today. Let them experience, Lord, just clarity about what you have for their life. Oh, there it is, Lord. Just thank you. Let there be an outpouring of praise, of glory, of worship in their life. Thank you for gifts that you're giving them today gifts of healing and faith, words of wisdom, revelation. Thank you for coming in a marriage and just breaking into that wall and just tearing it down today, Holy Spirit. Thank you for invading pain and just replacing it with healing. We thank you for your anointing, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Just one more time, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Holy Spirit, you are Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. 
come into your anointing to expect more from God I speak to all of those who've had old manna and old wineskins I prophesy God is giving you a new wineskin he's giving you a new ability to be ignited for him with first love with passion and with power you're going to be like Saul was a totally changed and different person he's going into your home he's going into your work He's going to begin to show His glory. And His presence is going to be normal for your life. Continue to press in and consecrate yourself to the Lord. For He is filling you now. And we're going to just be up here with some prayer teams. If you'd like to stay, we'll pray over you more. But the Lord bless you as you go to walk in His anointing. Be full of faith today. The Lord has great things. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Heart for the World Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that God's Word has inspired you today in a way that will boost your faith greatly. We want to encourage you to visit our website at hftw.church and follow us on our social media. May God bless you richly.